Hello, Jackets fans, and welcome to Boom and Gloom, where we talk about the boom, the good, and the gloom, which is the bad, of Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. And unfortunately, we have had a lot of gloom to talk about this year, and I am Anthony, by the way. You might know me as Whaler Jacket in social media circles, and I call myself Ohio's longest-suffering hockey fan. Now, this is the first episode in two weeks. Life just kind of got in the way. I didn't have a chance to record one last week, but here we are now, and we're ready to talk about Blue Jackets. But uh, before we do, I want to tell everyone about a fun thing I plan to do this Tuesday night during my adult hockey league game here in beautiful Troy, Ohio at Hobart Arena. My dad gave me his old Northland wood hockey stick, straight blade, solid wood construction, the old school stuff. Well, I plan on playing with it for at least a portion of my hockey game on Tuesday night. I'm going to try to record some of it and post it to YouTube. So if you're interested, keep an eye on my Twitter account later this week, and I'll get that posted and let everyone know. So now let's get on with some Blue Jackets hockey talk. Now, fair warning, I just kind of threw this episode together, so we may be in for a rough ride, but I think we'll be okay. And um, I am joined today by some guests. Um, first, friend of the show. Can I, can I call you that, Mark? Friend of the show, Mark sure. Carell? Right, friend of the show. I heard some other podcasts say that before, and I've never been able to say it. So welcome, friend of the show, Mark Carell, at Mark Carell 2 on Twitter. And then uh, a new guest this week, I'd like to welcome William at that one CBJ fan on Twitter. How are you guys doing? Doing amazing. Amazing. All right. Good. Well, I'm glad that you guys are are here to talk some jackets hockey with me. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do so, especially when I kind of sprung it out there so fast. So I appreciate it. So, all right, gentlemen. First segment, we're going to talk about what's going through a lot of uh, hockey fans' minds this week is the trade deadline. The NHL trade deadline is set for this Friday, and we have been led to believe by John Davidson and other members of the media that uh, this will not be a very active deadline for the Jackets. And I also read this morning, I don't know if you guys heard this, uh, something very surprising to me. I think... I figured that um, Adam Fantilli and Ken Johnson would be sent down to the AHL, tear things up, and help the Monsters win a Calder Cup. But I guess that's not going to happen. I, I guess it can't happen per NHL rules. So um, in order to be sent down for the AHL playoffs, um, I, I guess you have to send them down at the deadline, then call them right back up. It's like some kind of paper move to make it legitimate. But uh, I learned that NHL teams can't do that if the player is injured. So if I interpret that correctly, that means Adam Fantilli is definitely out. He can't do that. Um, he, he can go down for a few games. I, I don't remember the number for conditioning, but that's about it. And then Johnson would have to come back and play at least one of the games this week. And last I heard, he was still out indefinitely. So I don't know if he'll be eligible either. So um, I have been very busy, guys. So I'm going to ask you guys if, if you have heard something I have not. Have you guys heard anything about um, 
Kent Johnson's injury? Is there any timetable to his return? I was going to ask you that because I haven't seen anything. I still don't even know what happened. I saw the replay on X like over and over, and I'm still trying to figure out what happened. All we know is that he's going to be out indefinitely, and it's an upper body injury. I'm sorry. I, my, I'm like losing my voice, so I'm trying to like not voice crack so much. That's okay. That's cool. No big deal at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that clip too. Um, and I couldn't tell either what exactly happened. So I, w- I was hoping, um, since I've been kind of away from Twitter for a while, that that you guys heard something. So obviously, we're all kind of in the dark right now. So I don't know. If he, uh, if he comes back this week, then they can send him down for the playoffs. But I guess we'll have to see. All right. Well, um, so... Let's do it. Let's let's talk about what's going to happen on the at the deadline. And here here's what I'd like to do with you guys. I'm going to list six uh, Blue Jackets players who have been the subject of some trade rumors at some point this season. And I'd like us to make a prediction and uh, put them into one of three categories. Is this player going to be gone at the trade deadline? gone at some point during the summer when the new GM arrives and, and makes some, some deals, or do you think they will be with the jackets next season at, at least at the start of it? Okay. So I'll ask you guys what you think and feel free to elaborate. And then I'll throw in my thoughts as well. So let's start off with the, um, I guess one of the most talked about and our only unrestricted free agent, Jack Roslovic. So, Mark, what do you think? We'll start with you. I don't know what his value is because he's had such an up and down year. And I don't know who, like, is he a center? Is he a winger? Like, what are the playoff teams coveting that, that he would be able to provide? I mean, he doesn't provide grit or sandpaper. He has, I mean, I would say tertiary scoring. He does, he's not really even our secondary option. Um, most of the time. So I guess it depends on the best offer. And if that's like a fifth or sixth round pick, I guess you just, just do it just, just to clear up the room for a prospect to come up and play. So, so do you think it happens? Do you think, obviously we don't have a GM. So, you know, JD's kind of filling in, in that role right now. Do you think it gets done? I'm on the fence. I think Davidson doesn't want to make really any moves. Um, the Brimstrom one kind of shocked me um, that Davidson did that. I figured he would let the new GM do any sort of moves. But since he's the only unrestricted free agent, I would say I'm about 75% that he would get traded. Okay. William, how about you? What do you think? I think that we're just going to move him over the summer because <clears throat> we don't know when we're going to get this new GM. We could get him by the beginning of the summer, and then he can start racking off all of these moves that are going to happen. And, I mean, Roslovic's trade value, it's on the open market. It's a 2.65, which I'm not that good with these numbers, but that doesn't look like a good number. Mm-hmm. So I just think if we get rid of him, it's going to be over summer, just through free agency. 
And and you guys both bring bring up a good point. So there's hurdles. Not, I don't know if I'd say hurdles, but there are, are things to get over. It's not it's not going to be an easy trade. Basically, it's mm-hmm. finding a willing person and a willing team, and, and who is willing to take him on. So um, I'm going to say summer as well. That that's what I would say. But Mark, I want to go back to a, a comment you you mentioned about Bemstrom. Because this is something I, w- I was wondering too, and, and since you brought him up, I figure we'll, we'll ask it now. Um, I have read some theories, I guess, online that there it's it's kind of a coincidence that Yarmo gets fired, and then within a few days, Bemstrom gets traded. So the theory that that I saw was that that Yarmo thought so highly of Bemstrom, he was kind of like his pet project, and the only reason the jackets were keeping him around was because Yarmo insisted on keeping him around. Do you guys read in, anything into that? I read a little bit into it. And like, I think it's a good point to be brought up because like on um, the show that I'm on, we were talking about this topic heavily and you know, it's a new era. Yarmo's gone. We got to move on. And Bemstrom, I'm sorry to say it, he just hasn't been performing well. Agreed. So we had to get rid of him, and we got Nylander out of it. So I think it was a good move. If you don't mind me asking, because um, I think it's important that Jackets fans promote each other, and you know we're all kind of friends in this. What What is that podcast that you're on? Um, it is called Brew Jackets. We're live Brew every Jackets. Wednesday at 6. There you go. Every Wednesday at 6. And to me – I can't get enough Blue Jackets podcasts. Like I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them to and from work every day. And so I'm always interested in, you know, hearing others as well. Mm-hmm. Mark, any comments on Bemstrom before I move on? The reason I said I was shocked is because I didn't think Davidson would make any personnel moves, especially with someone still having term. Um, I figured he would wait until a GM was hired. But whether or not that was a, a good trade or not, I thought it was a good trade. Um, we have already Nylander is, you know, the change of scenery has, has apparently done him well. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been keeping track of Pittsburgh. Uh, I do know Bemstrom scored um, on his first game with them. So we only need five more to get that six to a third. Five more. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. But. That that's the only thing that really took caught me off guard was was that Davidson actually did something. Now the pet project, I've read I've read that I've read several people who said that Yarmo's biggest issue was he overvalued his own prospects, True. and okay. I I I mean he's the one who scouted it and had his scout team get the information and he drafted them. So what GM doesn't overvalue their own prospects? It's only typically when it is an obvious lost cause that the GMs give up on their own guys, like Foodie. Like Foodie. Obviously, right? that was not turning around, and it still hasn't. He's in the AHL for Nashville. He's not on the Nashville, you know, NHL team. So he's obviously that has not worked out with either team so far. Yeah, man. I I remember when they they called. I forget what it was. Was it was it the Toronto series? They. They call him up from the juniors. I was so excited about Foodie. It's just, it's just a shame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
All right, so back back to my my list here. So that so that was Roslovic. That was our last person. So here's my next one. So remember, we're we're going. Uh, is he gone at the trade deadline, summer, or will he be here next season? So my next one is Provorov. What do you think about that, William? We'll we'll start with you. What do you think? I think that Provorov. We're going to see him next year. <clears throat> Because, I mean, I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but we I'm going to say it was somewhat recent. We just got him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, it takes time to develop that perfect line, and he just needs to find his perfect defensive pair. And then they, I think whatever line he's on, that line could end up being really productive. So I hope to see him next year just to see what happens and if, he doesn't do good next year. Maybe we can start looking at the possibility of trading him away at next year's deadline or making some moves to get rid of him over summer or something like that. Yeah, because next year because next year I believe is the last year of his contract with the Jackets. I believe so. Yeah, that uh, trade at the deadline. Okay, um, Mark, what do you think? I agree. I think we see him in the jacket sweater next season, and if all things go the way they should not go and the jackets are out of it by Thanksgiving as per usual with their history. <laughs> um, then I think, yeah, he's gone at the next year's trade line deadline, but this year he stays next year. Trade deadline is I think when that would happen, well, but I do right. agree. We get, I think what he needs is a, a defensive minded defenseman on his other side because he is a good puck mover and he's got a wicked shot. So you want to take advantage of that. Um, but how many defensive defensemen do we actually have on the roster at the moment? There you go. That's one of my biggest, it has been one of my biggest concerns is the lack of that. I mean, is too many in a defensive defenseman. I, I would classify him as one. I mean, whether he is or not, I don't know, but I, I would say he is, more of a defensive defenseman. But I'm going to agree with you about what uh, what you said about what Provorov needs, but I'm going to actually disagree with you guys and say I'm going to say he's he's gone this summer. I'm going to predict that the new GM comes in and makes something happen. Uh, if, if it was up to me personally, I mean, I would like to see him traded at the deadline, but I just I don't see that happening. But I can see it happening this summer. Next on my list, gentlemen, is Mr. Adam Bokvist. What do you think? Is he going to be gone at the deadline here or uh, traded at the summer or here next season? Mark, we'll start with you on him. If he changes his number, I think he would have better luck. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. And therefore... He would be more apt at staying through next season. Um, but in all seriousness, I don't – he hasn't been terrible. Um, he hasn't made the same mistakes, mistakes that Bean has made My God, or, or Peak. Like, my God, those two just – they – I don't know what their issue is, but they make the same mistake every game, and it always ends up either the puck is on net or – it's a, a high danger chance. So he's not as bad as those two. So I would say let's, I'd say he, they keep him because he's got a higher offensive um, ceiling than both of those two, I believe. All right. So here for next season for Mark, what about you, William? What are you thinking? Um, <clears throat> like he said, that number, 
No. <laughs> Did Ryan good. Murray start that? Was he the first person to have injury problems? I thought Malhotra was 27 and he started getting hurt. Oh, gosh. Okay. But if he doesn't change that number and he keeps getting hurt, get rid of him. I don't care where we send him. I will trade him away for a pizza and a $5 gift card if I have to. <laughs> oh, gosh. Poor Adam. <laughs> well, I guess for me, um, you know, at, at some point, I mean, as we go through this list here, I mean, I with Matecha coming up in the near future, with Eurotech in the – um, hopefully coming up next year. I mean, something has to give. So we're going to have to see some of these defensemen moved out. And so to me, I think Boakvist is one of those that, that are, that's moved out. And I'm going to go with again this summer. I think our, our new GM will come in and uh, swing a trade this summer. Hmm. And then all right, here's here's a here's a good one. Jake Bean. What's going to happen to Mr. Bean? Um, William, what do you think? We'll start with you on this one. I I think that he is he hasn't been that productive from what I've seen. I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but if he doesn't get those numbers up before um I think I think he's going to make it through the trade deadline. But if he doesn't get his, his numbers up, I think he's gone over the summer. What about you, Mark? You in the same boat? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, unless for some reason the um, juniors allow Stolville to – what is it, Stanislav Stolville to mm -hmm. come up to the NHL um, to give him a little taste of it. I don't see why Bean would stay. He's – I mean, I know they traded a second-round pick for him, but he – hasn't played worse someone who was even selected in the fifth round. So yeah. it's at some point you got to cut your losses. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, but is it like with these defensemen, is it, is it the system? Is it having your third coach in four years? Cause Bean was, uh, didn't we get him with uh torts, right? I believe so. Yeah. So you had torts. Yeah. So this is his third coach. Uh, does that matter? I don't know, but. I mean, he's still relatively young, so he might be able to be reclaimed by another team. But that's a project I don't, I don't want to keep, you know, pumping money into or resources into to try to get it to work. Yeah, and, and he is actually like I'm. I'm going to go against you guys again. I'm, I'm going to say he's going to be a, a trade deadline casualty. I'm going to. Th I think that yeah. I and I don't have a lot of data or anything to back that up. It's just a gut feeling I have that they have to move somebody. Um, I think they're going to JD, I guess, is going to swing a trade. It, it won't be for much. It'll be a high draft pick. But again, at some point you have to eliminate the, the glut on the, the back end. And so I think he's going to be one of the trade deadline casualties. And then I'll, I'll just start the next one. Um, I, Andrew Peak. I think he is going to also going to be a trade deadline casualty. And, and again, I don't think they're going to get much for him. It's it's going to be basically who is willing to take him. And um, it's going to be a bag of pucks coming back. Um, the Jackets may even have to eat some of the salary. I don't know. But I'm hoping that uh, Mr. Zito down in Florida, um, you know, liked what he saw when he was a 
part of the Jackets organization and he decides, you know what, I would like some of that, that grit and that shot blocking that, that Peak can bring to our roster for the playoffs. So I'm going to go Andrew Peak and Jake Bean trade deadline. What do you guys think about Peak? Mark, are you with me? He, man, I would like to see that. He should have been gone over the summer. But, I mean, you called your shot, huh? Peak to I did. Florida. I did. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I mean, that's another player where you just – shake your head and you're just like, man, maybe Yarmo just held on to this guy too long. So his value is now significantly lower. Will he be gone? Trade deadline? I don't think so. I, I, I think the major moves are to come during the summer. I think he's yeah. one of the ones that stays. No, I, I agree with you that about that. I think that we're going to see some major moves at the summer, but I just, some, something tells me that, you know, after the Bemstrom trade, we're going to see something, something happen at the deadline. So, so Peak and Bean are my predictions. Uh, William, anything to mention about Peak? I think that he's going to be gone at the trade deadline. And just like you did, I'm going to call my shot too. I, th- I think he's going to go to Vancouver because they've been linked to him for a while now. Interesting. Wouldn't that be cool, though, if one of those two works out? And then we can we can brag about it. Peak for the other Pete Pedersen, not the good one. <laughs> the good one. No, he just signed eight years, didn't he? Did I see the, that? The good one did, yeah. Yeah. I like I said, I I've been kind of off social media lately, so but I, I did see that kind of come across the headlines. Um okay, I got one more for you. So believe it or not, we've we've done five. And this one um I don't think has really been um Subject to the trade rumors, this is just something that that I kind of thought of might be someone who can be traded, might need to change the scenery, might not have worked out the way we'd hoped, and that is uh, Alexander Texier. So, you know, I'm I look at it like this: the the new GM coming in is obviously going to make some moves to make this team his or hers. Okay, and. I firmly believe that that we need some uh, veteran experience on our roster, some uh, experience with winning. And when I look at at the players, you know, when so, you know somebody has to go, somebody in the lineup has to go to make that happen. And I just see Texier as um, one of those options. So. It, whether you guys agree with me or not about that, let, let's just for discussion's sake, let's just say, you know, Texier is a possible trade te- candidate. Do you think he'll be gone at the deadline, gone in the summer, or will he be with the Jackets next year? So I forget who I did first last time. So I'm just going to go back to you, Mark. What do you think? Texier? Oh, man. Let me think about this one for a second. I'm going to say if we are going with the premise that he is in fact a candidate to be traded at the deadline, that is a player people would like. So I would say if he is on the market, he would be traded by the deadline. Deadline. Interesting. If he's not on the market and that's just some figment of some Toronto Maple Leafs fan (laughs) who make up all this crap and throw stuff at the wall and try to hope it sticks – like they're going to get Kent Johnson. Um, if, if, 
there's absolutely no way he's on the market. Then I, then I don't think he even gets moved over the summer. He would be with us. So given the, given your statement that we're going to assume he is on the market, I would say deadline. That's the player that people want. Okay. And we might actually get something for him. Right. Exactly. Okay. William, what do you think? Agree, disagree, different opinion. I completely agree with what he said. He said everything. He said what I was going to say. Like almost word for word. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so th- those are kind of like my six players that kind of popped in the mind. But one one person we have, haven't talked about, and I'll just kind of get your thoughts about. You don't have to like. I think I know who you're talking about. What's that? I think I know who you're going to say. Elvis? Oh, no. I thought you were going to go Line. Oh, Line. I didn't even think about Line. All right, well, let's talk about both. Let, let's start with Elvis, and then, then I'll get your thoughts on Line. Um, you know, a lot of – obviously, a lot of speculation this year with Elvis, and obviously the goalie situation hasn't been where we want it to be. But what do you think about him, guys? I mean, is he going to be a jacket long term? Is there going to be some trades, especially when the new GM comes in? What do you think? What's your, what do you think? What are your thoughts about Elvis? William, your thoughts. No, I've been saying this for a little bit. Elvis just he needs to change his scenery. He has his good days, and then he has he'll go on like cups like a couple good games, and he'll go on straight just cold streaks for a while. And I know he has a lot of history in Columbus, but I just think it's time to part direction. I mean. Who do we have in our system? We have Jed Greaves. When we had him, in the, even in the AHL, he's doing amazing. We have Tarasov. We have all these guys who we, who we can just build up. And I think Elvis could do better somewhere else. It'll hurt to see him go, but it's the best for both parties. I 100% agree with you. My only concern is who's going to take him. That that's my big concern. The the new GM is gonna really have to find a dance partner. They're gonna you know to willing to accept his contract, accept all the the antics and stuff that goes with Elvis. So it all depends on his general manager skills. I think if he can pull it off, mm-hmm. but, I, but I totally agree. How many times can you have a player traded to? eat some of the salary because you know the most common one is player a traded to b they retain the player the team retains 50 percent salary team b trades the player to team c and they retain 50 percent of what's left over so like how far how many times can we do that to make it manageable for someone to give us something of worth of value like do they is the cba limit that or do we know I don't know. Like, can we do a five-team trade where, like, <laughs> every team takes fifty percent? So, like, one team, the final team that's actually taking them owes them like two hundred thousand dollars. That I don't. I mean, that that's might work. Interesting, interesting idea. I found uh, a perfect trade partner for Elvis. Who's okay? What's that? So I don't know if you guys remember his quote after um, he beat the Canucks. He said, "I'm pulling the monster out of me." Oh yeah, how could you? He he could go pull the predator out of him and go to Nashville. Oh, there <laughs> Are, you go. What's I don't even know. What's their goalie situation look like? Is that even a possibility? I think it's Taros, but I mean Elvis could get back up. Man, it's that a contract. That's just. But I I will say this, Mark, about what you said about the that situation with contracts. 
I I have heard some people talking about Provorov. Like if the Kings wanted him back, I guess, and I haven't looked into it, but I heard that they're paying some of his salary right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if he got traded back there, like how would that work? But I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let, let's talk about the other n- name that you brought up because I have pretty strong feelings about this one, and that's Patrick Line. So I'll you brought it up, Mark, so I'll let you start. What what do you think? What what are your thoughts regarding Patrick Line? I brought it up because that is like one of the number one people that CBJ Twitter want to get rid of because he's not a 40 goal scorer. I'm not like, well, one, he gets hurt. Yes. Uh, so that's going to limit it. And there must be something in Columbus because every time a player comes here, they get freaking hurt. <laughs> he wasn't hurt in Winnipeg very often, but boom, he's hurt here. But I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you just, trade this guy away and just say, all right, well, it's not working. Cause I mean, he hasn't really been on the ice a whole lot and not through anything of his own fault. Um, I don't, I still don't know what's going on right at the moment. Um, that other podcast that made a very horrible joke, um, yeah. gave some insight as to maybe it's a, cause like when they say player assistance, is that, are we talking like drug and alcohol? Are we talking mental health? Like, I don't know what that means. So, I mean, to me, that's like a huge bucket. And like, all of a sudden, everyone just assumes it's either drugs or mental health. Well, it could be something else. It could be, you could have like anxiety for something that just is starting to cripple him. And he's trying to work through that. That's neither drugs nor, you know, really mental health. I don't think anxiety is really mental health. It's just the way you feel. But, so I don't know. Certainly not the the joke that was made. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I wouldn't think, but I don't no, know. No, I I wouldn't think it has. It would that would affect his trade status or anything. But but I see. I I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit of a different way. And like I I respect Line a as a player, and I respect what he is capable of based on you know his previous seasons in Winnipeg. And I, and I understand what, that, you know, it just hasn't worked out for him so far, you know, injuries and, and whatever. But my thing is with so many up and comers on the Blue Jackets roster, is he the bargaining chip that our new GM uses to bring in the piece of the puzzle that maybe we're not even thinking of? Because I, I think Line has, despite his quote unquote struggles, he has that name recognition value and he, and he has that potential that another GM might be thinking, Oh, if I can just pair him up with so-and-so on my team, he's going to get right up to that 40 goal plateau again. So, so my thinking is like, I, if he stays with the jackets, fine, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be upset about that. But I also recognize that he might be able, through trade, to bring us something of greater value. Not necessarily more goals, but something, like I said, the, the missing piece to the puzzle for this new GM to take us to the next level. So I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's going to happen. So, sorry, I rambled there a bit. William, did you have anything to add about Line A? I kind of agreed with what you were saying earlier, you know. They're just, like, targeting him, like, oh, I'm not a 40-goal scorer. 
he's still a pretty good player in general. With with a huge contract too, though, that, and that's something else that would have mm-hmm. to be considered. Um, do either of you know? Because I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. How how many more years is he a jacket like guaranteed? Like when does it run out? Let me look real quick. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I mean, he he's definitely here next year for sure. And I want to say two more years after that, but I can't remember. And I think that twenty twenty six is the last year. Uh, like twenty five twenty six or twenty six twenty seven. Um, looks like twenty five twenty six. Okay, so next, so it's next year and the year after. So he he is guaranteed with us for two more years. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, a lot of different ways we can go. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall with all these uh, GM candidates coming in and, and see where, you know, where these prospective GMs are, gonna, are thinking they can take our team and what they want to do. But before we move on to our, our next topic, um, actually, it kind of go, goes into our next topic. Um, do you guys think that the new GM is going to get a new coach for us. Do you think um, Pascal's days are numbered? Any uh, any immediate thoughts that come to mind? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you he's say gone. oh yeah? You have a thought, or oh yeah, he's he's gone. Both. <laughs> Both. He's gone. Like, I'm sorry. It was a nice little test run, but get out of here. <laughs> I. I feel just as strongly. I hate to say it. I didn't. I didn't. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? A new GM comes in. He's going to want his own guy. So I think Pascal's days are numbered, so to speak. So, uh, Mark, what what do you think? Staying or going? It wouldn't shock me either way. Um, It just depends on if ownership is willing to pay a fourth coach for the next couple of years. Um, If they are then I'd say Pascal's gone because typically GMs do want their own coach because they have a different way of looking at the game and they want a coach that looks at it similar to them, which is why I think Torts and, and Yarmo worked well together. But I don't think that that was the only coach that they had that worked well with Yarmo. And, and you bring up an interesting point too, with paying another coach. I just think it's, and I know it's the way the world works with professional sports, but I just think it's terrible that when a professional coach signs a contract, that it's unbreakable. Like it's like he gets paid no matter what. If he doesn't do his job well, he gets fired, but he still gets paid. I'm a teacher. If I don't do my job well, my contract doesn't matter. I'm gone mm-hmm. and I don't get paid. I just think it's kind of crazy the way it's set up in professional sports. All right. So that, that leads, that's a nice kind of segue to my next little topic I want to talk about. And that is um, Pascal Vincent's comments regarding Voronkov and Chinnikov getting benched in the third period against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, for anybody who didn't hear that out there, he stated uh, when he was asked about why those two players were benched, he stated, and I'm, I'm reading this from a quote. I'm cautious about that line because they start playing like the Harlem Globetrotters. I don't want to see that. 
So I'm going to tell you guys my thoughts, my perspective on this, and then you guys can chime in with yours. I am not upset at all about the comment. I, I really don't care about that. What what he said doesn't bother me. And and a lot there's a lot of people on Twitter who who it has really bothered. But I I am upset that he chose to bench the the guys who have been typically consistent and producing forwards this season. So so I don't care about what he said. What I care about is what he did. If, if you want to bench them for a few shifts as like a warning, hey, you know, get your butts in gear. Great. But if not, if, if you are truly trying to win every game, like like he says, then you got to play the players who are giving your team the best chance at winning. And and if you're not trying to win at all costs, like if, if you're thinking about the future, then let them play. Let them make the mistakes. Like I said, get, bench him for a few shifts. You're not making the playoffs, so let them grow. If you want to be- bench people, fine, but but also be consistent about it. I mean, there are there are players on this team that deserve to be benched more than those two guys, but they're not. So, so that's my thought on that. William, what do you think? Do you agree with me on this, or am I just flying off the handle for no reason? No, you got a point. It just it's one of Pascal's stupid comments. This is exactly why I don't like him. So so let me let me let me force you to elaborate a little bit then. He so you you disagree with the comment, but do you mm-hmm. agree or disagree that uh, those two should have been benched versus Carolina? I honestly, I don't remember the exact the final score of the Carolina game, but there you go. Okay, my philosophy. This is kind of a dumb philosophy, but if we're already gonna lose, and we already know, there's no reason to bench. You know, let them finish the game, and then go through and make changes after. Yeah, I don't think that's dumb at all. I don't think it's a dumb opinion at all. I mean, especially where we are in the season. I I don't think that's dumb at all. Mark, what do you think? All right, so two things. One, the comment, I didn't have an issue with the comment. I liked the comment. And then he further elaborated, said it, the reason why Chinnikov was benched in the third period is because of the turnovers. The dude had like five turnovers that period, in the second period. And at least three of them, he had ample opportunity, time and space to get the puck out of the zone. And he didn't. He did something stupid and gave the puck right to Carolina. And I can't remember if, if any of them led directly to a goal, but I do know they led directly to high danger chances. And if it weren't for our goaltender, then it would have absolutely been a goal. So I even tweeted after that third one, or after the, after the last turnover, I said, Chinikov is probably going to get benched in the third. Sure oh, did enough, you really? Sure did. Nice. Sure did. And then somebody else said uh, the reason Chinikov was benched in the third period per Pascal Vincent is turnovers. So I re- quote tweeted them and said, sometimes you get it right. And sure <laughs> enough, I nailed it. I knew it was happening. And I have no problem with it. Like, dude, all we ask is just to be to make the play that needs to be made. And I don't care if it's fancy. 
get the puck out of your zone and start over. Carolina is too damn good to just lollygag and puck handle and let them take it from you. And he kept doing it. So he, he sits. I don't care how old he is. I don't care how good that line is. F around, you find out. Well, he FAFO'd. He sat. Now, again, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I, I think that players need to be held, be held accountable. My issue was how long the punishment lasted or whatever. Now, can you you, you obviously watched the game, and, and I, I unfortunately – was just going by, you know, what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Voronkov? Did you see, like, did he, did his play warrant the benching? Do you believe? Um, he was, he was kind of invisible. Like they took that line out. Like after the, like the first period, they were humming. They were awesome. Um, and then Carolina just took them out. Just completely shut them down. And Voronkov took a couple penalties. They were oh, iffy. They okay. were iffy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm gonna be 100 biased. I'm a Blue Jackets fan. They were iffy. Dang it. Um, <laughs> but like they were, they were legitimate. Like, are you seriously calling that? Like, both teams have been doing way worse stuff to each other, and that's what you're gonna call whatever. So I think that might be part of the problem, and that is a lot of the problem with Vronkov is, one, he speaks very little English, and two, he doesn't quite understand that North America plays a little bit different than Russia. Yeah, I, I would agree so, with you on that too. So, so I didn't realize he got benched for the whole third period um, because I didn't notice that line other than when they were screwing up. Huh. Well, I think also too, and just something I've noticed um, – Voronkov, you know, taking some time to to get accustomed to the North American game, uh, take some penalties. He does take some penalties, um, and I think that'll that'll kind of change in time. Like the you know when he gets as he gets more and more comfortable, um, you know, I, I think he's already shown improvement in that as well. But uh, I also think that because he's limited in English. I think sometimes maybe he's has some difficulty understand what the referees are telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed like some kind of confused looks on his face sometimes, but again, I, that I think in time that'll kind of change. So, all right, gentlemen. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. You had something else to add. I, I was saying, I agree. It's just, I mean, for him, I mean, it's his rookie year. He's going to take some time. Um, and now I will say this, I've noticed a lot of people on social medias are always clamoring for other, like, why aren't you benching the vets? And it's because they're not making the same mistake over and over again. They're not saying they're not like, I know Severson has made some errors, but those it's like one or two errors a game. And it's a different error each time. Chinikov makes the same play, the same error, same thing with peak. And it drives me nuts. The same play over and over again and it doesn't work and you're like why are you doing it sit him he's not getting it that play does not work stop doing it oh i'm gonna do it again that's why you sit oh man and then coaching plays a part in that too it's just i don't know Mm -hmm. all right guys well i have one more thing to to talk to you about and i guess this is more of like just as fellow CBJ fans, I, I don't know if this is going to warrant a whole lot of discussion. It, it's more of more or less just I wanted to vent. I wanted to vent to to some fellow Blue Jackets fans. It's just you know 
I mean, the title of this podcast, Bloom and Gloom, Boom and Gloom. I mean, it's, there's so much gloom and it, it just helps sometimes to, to vent to some fellow fans. So, so here we go. You can give me your thoughts on this, but um, listening to Aaron Portsline's Front and Nationwide podcast, the most recent episode uh, was with a guy named Scott Wheeler. Um, and I, I don't know anything about him, but from listening to the podcast, he just seems to know his stuff. Like he really knows and any player that uh, Aaron brought up to him. He was able to, to rattle off a whole bunch of stats and, and uh, talk about their, their playing styles. And I, I was just very impressed with, with that aspect of it, but here's what he said. He ranked all the teams in the NHL in terms of their prospect pool. He has a blue jackets at three. I, I can't remember who he said was two. But he said number one was the Detroit Red Wings. And that bothers me because, okay, and I used to hate the Red Wings when they play, when they were in the Red Wings division. I hated them. But what bothers me most is that I am seeing such a huge uptick in Detroit's play, like where they are in the standings, and it seems like they're 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 ready to 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 you know really take that next step. And the jackets are still lingering behind. I mean, you know, the the Detroit Red Wings were, I know you guys can't see me right now, but really up here, like really high. Then they were really low, they rebuilt, and now they're ready to make their make their move. And yet the jackets are just stuck in mediocrity. So that's my venting to you guys, guys. That that just really irks me. Do you have anything to to help me through this? <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. so, yeah. So Detroit has been down for a decade. Yes. Or longer. So it has taken them 10 years to get to this point. We've been down for three seasons. Okay. So do you really want to go to the Detroit route and be down for another seven seasons? I don't. I see. I think we have some of the players right now. Okay. If they That's what I wanted to hear. They should be. We <laughs> should be where Detroit is. I I would say we're competing for a cup 27-28. We're competing for for like the division title 26-27. Okay. That's usually Fantic is Fantilli his three or four years in the league. Johnson will be in his fifth or sixth. I mean Crosby didn't win a cup until he was what fifth or seventh fifth or sixth year in the league. Something like okay. that. Uh Taves and Kane, they were they were drafted in 0405. They didn't win their first cup till 2010. It takes time. But we have our the where, where our prospects are compared to where they were at their year three, miles ahead. Again, taking Detroit 10 years to get here. Well, that that helps, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> that really helps. I just it just seems like even like when you said the jackets were, were good three years ago. I can see that, but it's just when when we don't, we don't have the playoff success. It just makes me think we've been bad for so long, but, but you're right. There, there have been some good years, you know, mixed in there. And then it's just, it's just so hard though. It's just so hard when you don't have the playoff success. 
<sighs> okay. Um, and oh, William number Emmett, two was Detroit. Number one was the Sabers. Oh, number two was Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Good call. So number one was the. Okay. Thank you. I'm just didn't remember correctly. So let's not be where Buffalo is either. No. Like they're like in year fourteen of rebuilding. Good call on that. They've had the you know the number one prospects like four or five times in that in that span. So let's not be them either. Darn you with your logic and and your (laughs) (laughs) your high high hopes, your optimism. Darn you, Mark. (laughs) Uh, William, I didn't mean to cut you out of all that. Any anything to add to that? Before I go to my last thing here. No, you can go ahead and go. He said what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I just want to, one more thing that Scott Wheeler mentioned. I just thought was interesting. And again, it's not a huge discussion point. It's just kind of an interesting uh, anecdote or whatever you want to call it. He mentioned that he doesn't feel any of the Blue Jackets current goalies, like anybody in their system, like currently on their roster, AHL, he doesn't see any of them as long-term NHL solutions at goaltender for CBJ. So um, listening to that, I was just kind of like, oh, I, I thought, you know, Greaves was possibly an answer, you know, based on all I've read, all I've seen of him. But this guy, he, was, he doesn't see any of the three right now, Tarasov, uh, Elvis or Greaves as long-term answers. Do you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I agree with it completely. So, so that means if, if you agree, then that means that we've got to be either drafting somebody soon, um, putting our hopes on that Ivanov guy or new GM's got to be making a trade. I just think we got to do what we have to do to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, it's a business, you know. Well, this way, um, three years ago, Tarasov and Merz Lincolns were the one-two that were going to be leading this team to glory. You can't tell with goaltenders. Look at Bobrovsky. He was an afterthought in Philadelphia, comes to Columbus, wins two Vesnas, and now he's on a team in Florida that absolutely could win the Stanley Cup. And it's because of him that they can do so because he's been making the timely stops. He wasn't a highly touted draft pick. He wasn't a highly doubted player. So who knows? Sky Wheeler, I mean, you can't predict goalies. Scott Wheeler could be way off when it comes to goalies. It's not hard to miss when you know for a fact that Sidney Crosby or or Connor Bedard or Adam Fantelli all should be number one centers on a team ever. You're never going to miss those guys where GMs make their money is taking the guys, which Yarma was good at finding the, you know, the gems in the, in the coal mine. Um, It's finding the, finding a goalie that you can mold into a good NHLer because no prospect for goalie is going to be it until they are actually it. And I personally don't really want to give up on Tarasov yet. I mean, he was highly touted. He's shown some good things and injuries have kind of derailed a lot of his progress, I think. So I, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him either. So, you know, it's another one of those time will tell type things. You know, he might out of the blue become a Vezina candidate, 
You know, I mean, there, there's plenty of goalies out there who one team has cast aside and have, has blossomed into this fantastic goalie. Like where, where did you come from? So well, that was Jonathan quick. There you go. So, and he, when's the last goalie that was, um, that's won a cup that was with the team that they drafted them. I think it was quick. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'd, I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure you might be right. Yeah, I, I can't think of any others. Now. Where did um, oh gosh, what is his name? Swayman, Allmark. Where they weren't, they didn't come up with the Bruins, right? They were traded. Am I right? I don't, I don't believe so. No, he was drafted by the Bruins. Which one? Swayman. Swayman. Okay, and Allmark was he traded there? Hmm. I'll check right now. <clears throat> My voice is getting worse and worse. No, he came from the Sabres. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're forcing you to talk here. No, okay, it's, it fine. it's fine. Yeah, I was wrong. Right. It was Holpe. Holpe was drafted by the Capitals. So he and Quick, those are the last two goalies that I can that I can think of that actually were drafted by the team that they won the Stanley Cup with. Wow. So Interesting. it doesn't really matter where you find your goalie as long as you find the goalie. And I hope the Jackets do that because I, I really think, I mean, that's that's one of the things we have to do. We have to solve the goalie situation, solve the defense. I'm I'm not all that worried about our offense. I'm really not. I think that's that's coming along. But we take care of goalie, we take care of defense, and then we start we start showing some uh some progress. So all right, gentlemen, are we ready to end this for now? I know William is. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> give William a break. We got a show on Wednesday. That's right. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tune in and I'm gonna be like, I know that guy now. Yeah, where can we find that show? Um, we're live on Twitter and um, YouTube, Facebook, basically everywhere. Do you guys do a video feed as well? Yeah, there's a video feed. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. We'll have to check that out. And so uh, that is the Brew Jackets podcast, right? Yeah. So anybody listening out there who wants some other awesome jackets talk, well. You can tune in. You said Wednesdays? Yeah, Wednesdays. There you go. All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, this was episode 14 in the books now for uh, Boom and Gloom. Really appreciate you guys coming on. Any uh, closing thoughts before we head out of here? Nope. Nope, I'm good. Awesome. All right, guys. Take care and uh, hope to see everybody back next week. Goodbye, everybody, and go Jackets.